Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, the owner of Townsend Family Law and an experienced family law lawyer practicing in all areas of divorce law in the city of Toronto. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week's episode, I'm really excited to have as my guest, Erin Keeney, who is a real estate agent in the Beaches area, uh, although she probably does real estate in other areas of Toronto as well. But I met her recently uh, on my own move to the Beaches, and we just really connected and hit it off and have become friends. And the topic for today is one that I love because it's so positive, and it's finding the humor and community through divorce. And both of both of those things are so important. And Erin uh, is also a comedian, uh, in addition to being a real estate agent. So um, she's a great person to have on the show for this topic. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. Thank you for having me, Leanne. Well, I'm happy that you're here. And why don't we just start by having you tell listeners a little bit about your background and yourself? I uh, started out, I wanted to be a performer as a child and grew up studying dance. I went to college for musical theater, graduated. I've done several Broadway shows all over North America and the world. I sing, dance, act. And uh, I hit 40 and decided I always wanted to do stand up. My family supported me. So I started my own comedy show at a friend's cafe. And that's been going for 12 years. I do film and television. Uh, I've been married for 15, I was married for 15 years. I've been divorced, separated, divorced for coming on eight. And it's the anniversary of the divorce. Oh, wow. Happy divorce anniversary. (laughs) I celebrate it. I celebrate that. Yeah. And we can talk about that. I'm very proud to be divorced for eight years from the person that I was to now. I have two daughters, I co-parent, and I try to find the joy in everything. Well, it's so important. And, you know, and that's really ties into our, our topic today. You know, when people are going through divorce and it's such a horrible time in most people's lives, um, it's very negative. This is a very broad question, but you know, how do they find joy? Like, what, what are the, you know, some of the things that people need to do when they're in this situation to to get out of the misery and not let it just completely um, crush their soul, so to speak? Yeah, consume them. No, I, I ask those questions to myself from time to time. I have a family history of depression. And so I am medicated. That's my choice. I have been since my early 20s. Um, never been ashamed of that and don't have a problem sharing it with people because everybody at some point either knows somebody, I think it's one in four, but after COVID, what are the stats, right? And there's nothing wrong with having depression or anxiety or whatever it is like I my aunt would say she's she was a retired nurse a psychiatric nurse and my mother as well and they would say look you know what it's your asthma it's your glasses it doesn't define who you are it's what you have and how you work with it so I've been medicated since my early 20s uh, I've been able to help people because I talk about it openly. And so I 
try and enjoy and stay in the present. I don't always. Who does? I have a very convincing mind. I call her Meryl Streep. <laughs> she's so good. Like she convinces me that I'm not enough or I'm, I'm going to, uh, the kids aren't going to survive without me or I'm going to die or the dogs, what am I, you know? So I, I'm just learning. And the nice thing is, Leanne, I think maybe you might agree is that there's a lot more support out there with YouTube and, and groups. And I just feel like we're finally catching up with knowing that mental illness, if we exercise for our physical bodies, then we should have something for our mental. No, I, I completely agree. And um, I'm willing to share myself. I have been on anxiety medication before myself. I actually went on it, I think around 2019. I just was having a lot of stress in my life and I just went off it in August. <laughs> so I, it's funny because yesterday I had a really heavy day in court and I was like, in the morning, I was so stressed and freaking out. And I was like telling my law clerk, you know, and I've gone off my anxiety medication. So it's even worse. Um, and, you know, I can laugh about it. Um, and I like, for me, I think it's the right choice to go to go off it. Um, but I certainly, again, like, I think if, if there's something that can be done to help somebody with a mental health issue, what anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, there's no shame in taking medication for it. I, you know, I find, you know, sometimes working out and going for my walks and trying to eat healthy and they only can take you so far sometimes. And, and if you have a really high stress life, it's hard finding the time to do those things. And then you're beating up on yourself. Oh, I missed my workout. Oh, I didn't get my walk in. Oh, I ate McDonald's last night because I didn't have time. I was just too tired to prepare anything. And you beat up on yourself and make it worse. And then if you can take a, a pill that's, that has, you know, if you're taking it has minimal side effects for you and it's, you know, it's making your life better. Why not? What I always say, whatever works for you. I am not a mental health expert. Most people in the arts, and I've been told by several doctors, are sensitive people. They feel. So it's not a big surprise that a lot of actors are talking about it. And, you know, like actors love to talk. <laughs> they want to share. They mm -hmm. want to tell. There yeah. are people who don't want to talk about it. But if I can help just one person who might hear this, and say, holy shit, like, okay, I can't believe she's talking about it because we all have our Instagram and our Facebook social media personas, right? And they're not real. And we know that. And it just takes a little bit to scratch the surface to know that we're all in the same boat, but different scenarios. And my motto, my church is just don't be an asshole. And I say that mm -hmm. I have t-shirts, I sell posters at my comedy shows, but I say that for myself as much as I say it outwards, just be kind and support. What do you think? No, I mean, I agree. There's that saying, you know, we don't, nobody knows what someone else is going through. And so just be kind. I, I mean, it's not that hard to be kind to other people. Um, don't judge, don't assume the worst, just be kind. And your, your little act of kindness, your little, you know, good morning to a stranger, your little holding a door for somebody, whatever it might be, as little as it might be, could make that person's day or could be just what they needed to, 
so that they they're not at their breaking point. You, you just don't know. Um, and so I think it's it's really important. And I, I find in the post COVID world, it, it does seem a little less unkind. People are are fed up and they just there seems to be more anger out there. Um, and then you tie that in, you know, with like, as you say, my clients going through a divorce, which is often an angry experience. And it's hard sometimes to, to find it in your heart to be kind when you're feeling bitter, victimized, angry, like the world's against you. And all you can do, and I used to hear this, but I, you know, I was married for 15 years. This was supposed to be my person, you know, that, and I thought, oh, I failed. I failed. If this goes through, I failed. And then I'm going to lose the house and I'm going to lose him and then this is what Meryl um you know the character from uh the Prada um, yeah the, the devil wears Prada like the the Anna Winter um yes that's who who is in my head because so yeah. twice Meryl Streep I love her like she's well, well hopefully this character gives you good fashion advice so at least if she's being mean and hard on you you're getting great fashion advice yeah, from her as well I, I kind of <laughs> like when someone's kind of tough on me I kind of like <laughs> more but so I always tell uh, I think her name is what oh, starts with an L it's my menopause brain but my whole my whole thinking is um, if something if that friend if you had a friend that was like that person that, mm-hmm. that voice in your head and they were sitting across from you you wouldn't be friends with that person no, no. Like get up and walk away, but we can't walk away. Or if that person, that voice was talking to your best friend or your child or your mom, you would reach over and grab them and say enough. And you would take your kid or your person away. So it's an exercise, right? To, because that voice can decide what your day, what your life is going to be like. So being aware of that and, and and kind of playing with that idea that that voice isn't real. And there, listen, there are lots of podcasts out there that are saying what I'm saying, you know, so it's not inventing the wheel, but it's practice. It's like a workout. And you and I just found this out walking together. We called, I, called, I reached out to you and said, Hey, would you ever yeah. be interested in going for a walk? Because you want to find your people, reach out. There's nothing wrong with reaching out and you will find that people come out of the woodwork and do the nicest things for you that you'd never expect it. If you can make an effort. No, I think that's so true. Um, And I think a lot of us, you know, often have a hard time when we're going through a struggle and we're not feeling good about ourselves and our lives. It can be hard to reach out because I think, you know, some people, I know I'm one of these people, my tendency when I'm struggling is I want to shut the world out. I just want to be left alone in my wallowing in my, you know, pain and challenges. Um, And I don't, I don't want people to know that I'm struggling. Um, And I have a history as well of when I have sometimes reached out to people they have people that I would have thought would be there for me have not been there for me. So you, you get burned and it makes you even more reluctant to, you know, reach out to people. And, but yet, 
sometimes like the nicest stranger or the nicest you have an acquaintance in your life they're not you wouldn't even give them the friend category and that person steps up and comes through for you um meanwhile your closest friend you know didn't um and you know it's interesting that way but that's why i think you know we should always be open to continuing to reach out and be open to bringing new people into our lives and we've actually had that conversation when we went on our Friday walks, right? And it's nice to hear somebody else's experience. It might not be exactly the same, but it opens up your mind to think, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And we, you and I just decided we're going to go for half hour walks. We're both really busy people. We both have, you know, rewarding jobs but they can be exhausting and stressful. And it's so important, especially as women, but I'm humans, that you carve out some time for yourself. And then I always say to myself, when I'm running, 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 and I'm so tired and I'm worn down and my throat hurts and I'm tired and I haven't eaten, I always say, I would not allow this to happen to my child. And I am the head of the house. So I am looking after my child. So I have to be healthy and take care of myself and not people pleasing everybody because I'm never going to do that. So I can please myself and take care of myself, give to my kids and always be open to the chance that I might meet somebody else that's really nice, but I'm not putting my eggs in one basket and I don't know what they're going through. So I'm just going to not take, try it and not take it so personally. And I do take things personally. So I'm saying this for myself too, right? It's a journey. Mm -hmm. I sound like such a woohoo coach. (laughs) I'm showing up. That's, that's what I'm most proud of every day is I might not get it right. And what is right, but I'll just show up. And I might not have had a shower and my breath might be bad and I might be teary, but guess what? I'm going to continue to show up. I'll show up and see what happens. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think that whole, the whole idea of just showing up is so important um, because you don't know what can happen. You might meet someone who, you know, becomes a good friend. You might meet someone who changes your life. You might have a bad experience. I mean, I'm not going to say that showing up doesn't always, you know, it's not always positive. But at least, you know, you showed it up. And I think what, one thing that ties in with that a little bit, you know, that's something I struggle with. And I would guess that there's a lot of listeners out there who who also struggle with this is, you know, this idea of um, expectations. I, I have a, a hard time because I often expect people to behave the way that I would in a certain situation. And, and they don't. Time and time and time again, they do not. And so then I end up, you know, upset or disappointed. And, you know, I know in my head, you know, that you shouldn't have expectations of other people and, and all of that. But, you know, I think as a human being, it's hard not to sometimes. And so when you're going through a a struggle or a challenge like divorce, I think it's inevitable that you have expectations of the people in your life and and what they, you know, will do for you or come through for you, because you might have done that for them, or you would do that for them, and then they don't. And that can be a really hard thing to deal with sometimes, um, you know, because you, inevitably you're going to feel disappointed. Um, I don't know. Do you have any comments on, on that whole situation? Absolutely. So 
everybody else though isn't is not a perfect being so when we're under a situation nobody's an expert right um they're just going to react the way they're going to react like we were saying and we don't know their story so you when you're going through something like divorce or a death or moving or something really big we're so used to kind of coasting and whether we're happy or not eh, as long as we're doing okay and it looks like when we compare ourselves to our other friends and people across the street it's you know what stiff upper lip maybe but when shit hits the fan we don't know how to deal with these really big situations right we aren't the expert we don't know how to instagram that so I just feel like arm yourself with professionals. So I'm not going to, and I did this, I used to call my mom every single day, two, three times a day. Imagine how exhausting that is. And my sister, both of us divorced our husbands at the time, at the same time. In oh, wow. Before Thanksgiving. And my mom <laughs> finally sat down and went, Okay, both girls have their houses, they've got their kids. Now I can relax. And my mom says, you never stop worrying as a mother, right? And I think the nicest thing to think is once you realize nothing's set in stone and things are always changing and you can go with the flow, and I know I'm giving you a lot of those cliches, but they're tr it's true, if you can just think, I'll get through it. I've gotten through these things. I'll get through the, this. It's not going to be perfect, but I've got my health, right? Like, yeah. I can say these things. I didn't do them, but now that I'm past it, I want to be able to share it with people who might be going through it. But find an expert. Find a therapist to chat with. That's their job. Find a lawyer, right? And, and don't nickel and dime. If you don't have money for a therapist, guess what? There are people who, uh, therapists will do a sliding scale. Fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, with lawyers, do your homework before. Find information on YouTube and interview them like you would when you were hiring somebody. Don't just find a lawyer that your friend used, right? Because it's not skincare. And even in skincare, <laughs> our skincare isn't the same. So don't use the lawyer that your friend says and just count on that to work out. Do your due diligence, do your homework and set yourself up with a team, right? And you can do it not on a lot of money. I, I didn't have a lot of money, right? So there are ways and you just have to be creative and it's exhausting. And you might sit on, lie on the couch for a day. So go ahead go do it. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I think it's important for people to have a team in place, you know, because it, it it's okay to need support. And I think part of being strong is recognizing those times in your life when you do need support and getting the right support in place. And I think divorce is one of those times that, it, you know, you, you don't need to go it alone. Um, and, and, and if you have children in particular, you want to be your best for them. And so, and you don't want to be putting stuff onto them. So get that team in place. 
and, you know, get, make sure you have positive, you know, supportive friends because divorce is also a time where sometimes people lose friends and, and they, you know, friends go with the husband's side or, you know, the wife's side, if you're the, you know, and, and you, you tend to, it's one of those life changing events where I think you find out who your true friends are um, for better or worse. And, you, you know, it's, it, that inevitably happens, but I think, um, again, just, you know, you mentioned therapists. I think that's so important. If you, you know, sometimes coaches are less expensive than therapists. They do do a different role, but if you can't afford a therapist or you don't, um, you know, you can't find one who does it on a sliding scale, although I can always provide referrals. Um, you know, there's coaches out there, um, you know, as I say, even good friends, although, you know, someone who's not qualified, I always stress to you, like, I'm not a therapist, I can listen to people, I have had my own experiences and have some tools in my toolbox that have worked for me. But by no means am I a therapist or qualified in any regard, you know, and so I think sometimes people, they really do need the the qualifications of a therapist you know, to be assisting them. But, you know, get that team in place. And as you said, just, you know, if you have had a horrible day and you just want to go crawl under the covers and go to bed at, you know, seven o'clock or eight o'clock, do it. It's okay. Um, you know, take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I, the reason I'll tell you why I went and found a therapist and I was just lucky. She ended up being on the Danforth. And it was walkable because I didn't have a car because I gave up the car because that was an extra expense. So I didn't do a ton. I'm saying do research only because I didn't. But what happens is don't think about it too much because as long as you're trying, you might find that person. And if you don't find that person, it's not a big deal. Like you don't have to take it personally. With dating, look at what we do with dating, right? And we have yeah. dating people for certain chunks and you and I have discussed this on our walks I keep going back but if you if you date somebody or you're married for 15 years like I now can, I wish I could tell myself when I was feeling like a failure dude you have two beautiful kids you don't live with dad with the dad anymore and guess what you've had experiences you never would have had if you played the martyr and tried to stay with him till they were in their twenties and when they were in their twenties, they would have been just as upset. Right. So as long as you can try and, and, and make it like not a business transaction, Leanne, and maybe you can finesse this for me from your point of view, but I just feel like if you try and work together, even if it's sticky and it's, uncomfortable and I know sometimes you just can't but if you can look at it like okay my feelings are crushed what am I going to do what am I going to do with these feelings but we've got a family that we need to sort out and because women are doers if you can maybe distract yourself and and come up with like plans and taking care of things you can save yourself a lot of stress and sleepless nights if you will pr- and I, I've got to be careful because it's this is only mo- coming from my place. And I've only divorced once, right? So I'm not an expert. But from this, I just think, I wish I could tell myself then, you didn't need to be so reactive. And of course, you were scared shitless and fearful. But I want to take that eight-year 
past Aaron and say, you're going to, you're going to get there and you've got a lot of friends and a lot of people are going to come for you. And some of them aren't, and that's okay too. Just uh, my quote to myself was chin up, tits proud. walk." <laughs> I said that to myself every day and I did not know what was going to happen. So yeah. talk to me about how, from your point of view, um, personally or professionally, whatever you're comfortable with, um, your point of view on that, like your experience, what you tell your clients maybe. Um, well, I mean, I generally tell my clients when they, they first come in, I, I, you know, I'll say to them that it's probably going to get worse before it gets better because it's part of my job is to manage their expectations realistically. And often when a couple is talking about separating or divorce, things are, you know, things are usually bad if you're at that point, but it gets worse when you start discussing sorting out the money and dividing the money and sorting out what's going to happen with the children that the, the conflict has a tendency to get heightened. The stress gets heightened you know, all of that. So I tell them that it's going to get worse um, in terms of your anxiety or your stress level or your anger or whatever it's going to be. But that after a certain point in time, it will get better and it will get so much better. And, you know, it'll be so worth it that you went through this. And I said, otherwise you'll just, you can just sit here and you can come back and speak to me in a year, two years, three years, five years, and we're going to have the exact same conversation. And you will have spent another however many years in a miserable relationship, not happy um, in a, you know, putting, keeping your children in a toxic environment and you will have made no progress towards changing anything and everything will be the same. And I said, was that, you know, I say, is that what you want? You need to go be willing to go through like the short-term pain to get to the, the long-term gain. And it is there. I mean, people, I mean, people have so many wonderful positive divorce stories that, you know, come out of it. And I think, you know, you mentioned being less reactive and I can't stress that enough. I, I find I don't like it when someone comes to me and they want to retain me and what they're looking for is they, they're like, you've got to fight for me and I want to win. And because there's no winners in a, in family law, there's really no winners. And I, in my experience, and the more I see this go on, the couples who just fight, 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 and you know their lawyers are exchanging nasty letters back and forth and back and forth, and they're constantly in court. All they're doing is making their lawyers more money. They're creating more animosity in their family. They're making it less likely they're ever going to be able to co-parent their children. They're hurting their children because if you have high conflict, I don't care if you tell me you're, you're shielding your children from it. There's no way your children are being shielded from high conflict divorces. It's affecting them. And it's affecting them very negatively. Um, and it's not worth it. And so, you know, it's just interesting. Even just the other day, I had a client who wanted me to write a strongly worded letter to the other side about something that her ex-husband had done. And I put something in the letter, um, you know, saying that he had his behavior was unacceptable and that it, that, you know, needs to change. But she wasn't happy. She wanted the wording to be stronger. And I said to her, you know, look, at some point, we need to get out of this fight, 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 insult, insult, insult mode, um, because all it's doing is mean creating a situation where you're going to be in court for years, spending lots of money on me. We need to start getting out of that mode and stop using that kind of language and start being a little more conciliatory and focus on solutions and resolutions rather than fighting. And 
I wasn't sure how she was going to react to me saying that to her, but she actually reacted very positively and said, you know what, Leanne, you're right. And so we went with my wording and um, she, she agreed with me. And I think that's the thing people, it's almost like it's it's a sick relationship. People get stuck in this fight, 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 insult, insult, insult mode in certain their, in their marriage. And then they take that into the divorce and it's almost like, it's the only behavior they know now in the relationship. And so to take a step back and think, you know what, I don't have to react this way. I can behave differently here. And maybe if I behave differently and react differently, it'll cause my spouse to behave and react differently. And it'll change the whole dynamic here. But not everyone's willing to do that. Well, but they're not willing to do it and or they don't know how. Like yeah. I took a deep breath while you were talking to me, right? And do you know how I know how to do that? It's because I listen to YouTube videos on taking a deep breath and trying to be present because when you're combative or you're feeling attacked, we hold our breath. It's that fight or flight. And what I loved what you said was when you have this fighting, fighting back and forth, lawyers, a lawyer, you, Leanne, this is how you make your livelihood is saying the lawyers are just making more money. You as a couple in a perfect world, I, I can look back and say, uh, and I used to hear lots of women. It used to piss me off. They'd say, you know what? It's hard now, but you're going to have your best life ever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like my kids are falling apart. I'm falling apart. Who's going to love me? All these crazy, you know, Meryl, just, just going 45. You'll never date anybody again. (laughs) Your boobs are too low. Your ass is big. Look at you drinking all that. Like, but then I was like, I have a choice. I can stay in the cesspool or I can, I can just try this new fearful thing that I'm not used to do because I have these habits over here that I do. And let's see what happens, right? So, and I think too, in a divorce, I mean, I, my clients are very similar because, you know, selling a house is very stressful, right? Is it death, yeah. divorce, money, and moving, right? Those are the four real stressors. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, those have been my stressors. I, no, I think they are. Yeah. So, so we see clients, realtors see clients, you know, in a very stressed out situation like you do. So our job is to kind of say to them, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to help guide you. You know, I am your advisor, but I am not a therapist. If you, if you take that, um, net and build your team to be successful in a divorce, it's going to move faster and you're going to be able to move on to the next chapter. And if you have kids, that father of your children, you're with them till, till you die, really. Yeah. And all you can do is control how you feel. And I would talk to him in the beginning and my heart would beat. And I thought, I'm going to have a heart attack. And I was a chicken. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm gonna... And then 
I still like, I feel those triggers, right? Because we know how to trigger each other and, you know, there's all that lovely, juicy bullshit. But now I'm, I'm getting better at my reaction because that's all I've got. And the girls are doing better because of it. And that's all I've got. And we don't have a lot of time. Right. No, exactly. We don't know when our, it's such a cliche, but we don't know when our numbers up and you know, it, it's not worth like money can be replaced. Like, I, I, you know, that's what I would say to you. Like money can be, you can always make more money. Um, like I understand, you know, people wanting to get a certain ma- amount of money out of their divorce and being scared about their financial future. But at some point, if you're spending more money to get less money, it doesn't make sense. And you have to also look at the, the emotional and mental health toll that the whole, you know, fight, 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 you know, divorce court process can have on you. Um, and sometimes, you know, you can't put a price on peace. You can't put a price on, you know, good mental health. Um, you can't put a price on happiness. And so, you know, in some cases, like it's, it's okay to let go of certain things because you're prioritizing those. And, you know, I always, when clients come to me and they say they just want what's fair, again, I always say like the, the law isn't necessarily fair and the family law process isn't necessarily fair. It's not really about what's fair per se. And you, so you have to kind of let that go. Um, and you really have to take the emotion out of it and look at it. Like, what can you live with? What can't you live with? Like, you know, if, if your spouse was asking you to give up your children, that would I assume be something, you know, you can't live with. Um, but if your spouse is trying to get an extra 20,000 out of you, you know what, maybe that's something that you can live with. Like, is it, is it, was it fair? Maybe not. Um, but do you want to fight for three years over that $20,000? And I think I would say no. It's going to cost you how much more? Yeah. And maybe you'll win and maybe you'll get your legal fees covered, but maybe you won't, um, you know, and that's the thing people need to understand. And the sort of, winning and fighting it, it really it doesn't get you anywhere at the end of the day it really I mean I'm not saying roll over and let your spouse get whatever they want you, there's things obviously there's battles you have to fight and and you have to pick those that that's really my my view and that's what I say to my clients who are in high conflict divorces is let's pick the battles that are worth fighting and let's just concede on the other stuff because your partner is going to fight you tooth and nail on everything that's their personality and you don't need to do that but, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's such a, you know, it is a, such a stressful time. And a lot of people, you know, we talk about the importance of support and community and family. Um, but sometimes those people, you got to be selective in those people. Cause I, you know, I find there's nothing worse than I have a client who has a family member or a friend who's armchair quarterbacking the divorce and comparing it to their own divorce. And they're really not being helpful. No. Those aren't the people you need. I, I have, and, and I have learned this, you need people that you can call and flake on at the last minute and say, I can't make it. I'm not feeling well. And when you say feeling well, it means you just need to be on the couch and not talk to anybody because you're shattered. Yeah. You're done. And that friend is the friend that goes, okay, no problem. We'll do it another time. That's what you need. We're done high school right? There's the hormones. Now I have more hormones because I'm menopausal and I have teenagers who are hormonal. I need my team 
to be people who are supportive, forgiving, and fun, and want to do similar things to what I want to do, but we don't have to do exactly all the same things. And we don't have to be our, you know, our husband, wife person. Nobody's perfect. So everybody's just got to be a little more flexible in this world that is not becoming flexible. It's becoming more rigid, which, but we'll figure it out because we will suss out and find our people like I found you and there's no pressure with you and I we can walk on Friday because you've got lots of work and I've got lots of work well guess what we're gonna go for a walk another time and there's no stress you don't need the stress from me You've got no, and and likewise, you know, and 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 that's like that's why it's a, it's a good friendship, and that's those are the kind of people that you know people going through a divorce or you know through anything in life really need in their life, and and I think you really sum that up, um, you know, really well. So I almost feel like that's unless there's anything um, you want to add to what we discussed, I was going to say that was, this is a good note to wrap up uh, the discussion on. Just you can do it. You will get through it. It might not be easy, but you can do it and trust your gut. And I will walk with you. (laughs) I would like that. Um, So now, Erin, if listeners would like to find you, um, uh, perhaps you can let them know how to find you both as a real estate agent, but also, you know, if you want to provide some information about your comedy show and any upcoming projects, um, that would be great as well. So, uh, I've been doing the comedy show for 12 years. We did shows uh, over COVID on Zoom, if you can imagine that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I am firming up the comedy show. It's going to be at the Coxwell Legion, hopefully in November. It's called Aaron Keeney's Time Out. You can find me on Facebook under Aaron Keeney. And you can also find me on Instagram. I think it's Keeney Aaron, Uh, but you'll find me. You'll see my big old face. And uh, yeah, I'm a realtor. You can reach out. We can chat, see if we fit. Make sure you interview lots of people like you would your lawyers. So you can find me. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And uh, I think this was a great discussion. I know I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. I did too. Thank you to my listeners. Please like, subscribe, and join me here again next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm-hmm. for me. You know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to, you have, to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. 
If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.